to the second episode of I'm Here to Help. And I'm very excited and honored to be sitting next to our first guest of this podcast ever, Heather Blampy. Heather, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you letting me coming and doing this. Absolutely. So today we're going to discuss, we're going to talk about Heather and her older sister's addiction, Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann and her story of how it all started. Um, and I know how Heather kind of, how she felt, what she went through, and then the end of it. Um, so I think we're going to get a lot of value out of this. Anybody who's listening, again, who may have somebody struggling or they don't know what to do if they know somebody struggling. So Heather, why don't you talk to us about when you first knew something was going on with your sister? Okay. So my parents tried really hard to keep the details um, of her addiction away from me because they were worried about how I would respond to it. Mm -hmm. I'm six years younger than her. so How old were you? Um, so she was in high school when it started. So I was in middle school. Okay. Um, she battled for 10 years, so it started when I was really young. Um, she started, you know, doing the party thing when she was in high school, drinking alcohol. Um, Carrie Ann had a lot of insecurities mental health-wise, so she would drink to okay. show her outgoing side. It uh -huh. made her feel, like, confident, and it made her feel like she was more likable. So drinking was her main cause. Then she would, like, go to parties where they'd be, like, you know, Adderall, pills, yep. cocaine. Cocaine became, like, a real big thing for her. Okay. Um, and then, let me think. Now, when she was doing this, right, she probably thought, oh, if I just try this, right, it, it won't right. really, right, it won't really amount to anything. Right. She was not doing it because she wanted to be a heroin addict one day. Like, it was yep. totally just, like, I feel better. I feel confident. Yes. I know how to talk in a social setting. I'm going to take a shot before I go on this date. Like, and it became an everyday thing. Yes. She could not yes. live her normal life without something. Yeah, you know, when I go and talk to students, one of the things that I say to them is they don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know if you have this disease or not. Right, right, right. Like if you, I'm sure if you looked at a brother, well, if you looked at a picture of my brother, the first thing that came to mind when he was in high school wasn't, oh God, he's addicted to Percocets, he's addicted to Oxy, but he was, mm -hmm. right? And I'm sure if you could talk about your sister for a sec and what kind of student was she? She was a straight A student. A straight A student. Honors classes, AP classes. Um, you know, she was the type of student that could go out drinking and then go into a test the next day and just like slam it out of the park without studying. Um, and now, right? So she's getting great grades. Yep. Right? She's doing great in school. Mm -hmm. So your parents are probably thinking at this point, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Right? No, she was uh, athletic. She was a star cheerleader. She, um, she was beautiful. Like, I'm not just saying that because she's my sister. If you ask anyone, like, perfect body, perfect teenage, you know. Look, yeah. everyone said she was likable. She had tons of friends. She was popular. She was nice to every group of people. Like, people would never think that she had all this going on. Nobody ever Besides does. her friends that right? she was 
doing it with. Yeah, nobody ever does. Right. So, um... So, continue. So, she was going to parties. She was going to parties. Right, right. So... And I guess you could say, some people would say, well, I'm just trying it out. Right. Right. If you talk to some parents, they may even say, well, you know, I did it when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Right? She... Not a huge deal, some right. people may think. Right, absolutely. Right? Like, my mom, you know, she was, if she got caught drinking, like, we got in trouble, she got in trouble, but my mom didn't realize it was past that. Yeah. Like, she's like, this is typical teenage behavior, you know, ground her for a day or two. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, after high school, she went to Salem State College, and during that time, she had a roommate who introduced her to OCs, which... Let me... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Let's back up for a sec. Did you suspect anything yet? No. Did anybody in the family? My parents might have, but they're still trying to keep this okay. from me. Okay, okay, okay. So continue. So, so right now, you're just... You're looking up to your sister. Yeah, still. Right? Still, yeah. You're looking she up to her. She was going to school to be a teacher. Uh, she wanted to be a teacher. Work with young kids. Um, she went for one semester, came home for winter break. She had already been using OCs, which... Yeah, Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Um, she got addicted to them. Told my parents... They didn't know yet, but she told my parents, I don't, I don't want to go back to college. It's not for me. Okay. So, she got her own apartment here in Mubim. And I, like, looked up to her, so I always wanted to... So, Karen Ann got her own apartment, and, you know, I looked up to her, so I wanted to hang out with her, so I was like, oh, can I come over? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, she was the kind of soul, so, like, she was like, she was like, yeah, I'll pick you up, like, come over. Unfortunately, this time, I had walked in on her snorting powder off of her um, nightstand. So, right then, right, right when you walked in, what was your first thought? What did you think about that situation? I knew it was wrong. Okay. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know how to like approach it. Like it's almost like I wanted to turn right back outside of the room and act and, like I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah. Um, because this is right, your older sister. Yeah. You look up to her. Right. Right. And so. And I didn't know what the powder was. Um. But I was like, this is wrong. But I'm like, but this is my big sister, and I don't want her to think I'm a tattletale or a snitch or get her in trouble. Bingo. Bingo. I want to dive into that a little because I feel like, well, I know we have that in common, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I can remember, I don't want to get off track no, with, no. with your story because th- this is about you. This podcast is about you. No, it is. It is in, you know, telling your story so the viewers can can grab something from this because I know probably already o- almost seven minutes in, they probably, this is a lot of good stuff that you've talked about. But I remember walking into my brother first time, saw him with the needle mm-hmm. in his arm. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me with crazy eyes and he goes, shut the fucking door. Mm-hmm. And I knew. Yeah. Right? I knew what he was doing. And I knew it was wrong. Same exact same exact thing. And this is my little brother. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. Like, is he wanna is he ever gonna wanna hang out with me again? Mm-hmm. Right? Is he gonna think I'm cool? He's gonna think I'm a snitch. Mm-hmm. But I want people to know I and I don't know if I said this on the last podcast. But I really want to emphasize that if this is ever you, I really want you to take a step back and think that if you say something to somebody, you're not telling on them. No, no, that that's, you're telling for them. Because, you know, 
it needs to happen. Right. It if does. I could, if I could go yes, back, please talk about this. If I could go back and it was present, or if it was present day, I would one hundred and ten percent say something to her. I would say you need help. I would talk to my parents, and yes. I would yeah. definitely have. It, I was uneducated. I was uneducated. I didn't know like I'm like is she partying like but unfortunately it was nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. So obviously I knew it was wrong, but I was still naive to all of it. And probably in a little bit of shock. Yeah. Too, right. So I think I got a little bit mad at her. Um, if I can remember correctly, I was like, "What are you doing?" Like I was like, "Take me home!" Like mad like that. But I didn't ever talk. I didn't even go back to her apartment ever again. So let me, um. Let's back up for a sec here. Let's talk about why would you say something now? Like, what's what's different? Why would you say something? Why would you act differently in that situation? I feel as though um, it's more prevalent now. I feel I'm I'm more educated on it all. Yeah. Um, our communities are more educated yes. on. Yes. Not everyone, but it's it's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister died in 2010 when that was the spike of the epidemic started. Yes. We didn't know anyone really that died from drug addiction. Right. She was 26 years old. Um, so if it was now, or if I could go back and I was educated, I would be like, she has an issue. She needs help. We need to save her. Yeah. Um, my parents ended up finding out. Like, I think she overdosed shortly and... She went to programs. She did what I call the addiction cycle, detox, rehab programs, outpatient programs. She did good. She went on MAT, which is medication-assisted uh-huh. treatment. Okay. Um, she did good for a while. She had clean time. She ended up coming home and living with us again. Um, a few years later, she was had some clean and sober time, and um, my mother and I was sitting on the couch watching American Idol on a January night, and... We heard this loud bang. I'll never forget it. It was like, it just echoed and it sounded like the sink had fallen off the wall from above us. And then 30 seconds later, we heard like the loudest screeching scream ever. And so everyone ran upstairs and I did this thing where I was too nervous to see what happened. So I ran up three stairs, ran down, ran up, ran down. And finally I pushed myself to go up and I was like, oh my God, my sister was overdosing on the floor. Um, having a seizure and the screech came from my other sister who found her first paramedics arrived and the minute she was conscious again she was like where's Heather like because she hid this from me and never wanted me to see any of it and because y'all that little sister right that looks up to her yeah right that idolizes her right so her first words were where's Heather and when all this is happening, yep. those are the fir- that's the first thing she can think of. Yep. And she was just devastated that I like saw it all and you know that she got taken out to the hospital, paramedics. And after that, I didn't know, but it took months to realize like I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and like severe anxiety. After all this had happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I can I can second and attest to that, you know, when stuff happened to my brother, same exact thing too. I always Definitely. thought I was going to like walk into her dead. I didn't want to be home alone with her because God forbid, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, it was just, it was just too much. Like the phone, if the phone rang, I always thought it was going to be something bad. Yeah. Yeah. You just always, I mean, you know, you can't help it. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you're living on pins and needles, eggshells, everything. 
You know, mm-hmm. I can remember I would be up and it'd be late. My brother wouldn't be home. And I think I'd sit next to the phone, mm-hmm. right? Waiting, Yeah. you know, for that call. My mother wouldn't be able to sleep. Right. And if he was home, she'd walk into his room. She'd open the door. He's breathing. Go back to bed. Right. She'd wake up 15 minutes in a panic, frantic, like, oh, my God. Always breathing. She'd do it every 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, she would cry in bed because he wasn't home. No one could get a hold of him. Right. For the whole night, crying herself, you know? So, I mean, it's just, you, you can't help because you love that person. Right. My mom did the same thing. However, she kept her tears and her worry from me as well because they were just worried about the impact on me. Yeah. Um, back then, there was no Narcan, which we have now. Yeah. So, like... I do suggest anyone that has an addict living with them or know someone like to carry it because I mean my sister got lucky when the paramedics arrived and and you know yeah. she was good but they didn't have that back then. Well, nowadays, right? You have the the drug mm-hmm. which my brother passed away from mm-hmm. it which is mixed with everything, right? right. Is the fentanyl. fentanyl. The car fentanyl. And for those of you out there that don't know much about this, kind of a brief description overview of it really quick. Um, is this stuff is so powerful. I want you to think about a grain of salt. A grain of salt, you may be thinking, well, you know, that's pretty hard to, to kind of even pick up. And a grain of salt of car fentanyl can kill somebody. Yep. Mixed, I've seen those pictures. Yes, yes, mixed into any drugs. And I'll tell you that from talking f- to a cousin of mine who's a nurse who I'm hoping to get in the show... She said that she's seen people who have smoked weed where there's been stuff like fentanyl, mm-hmm. car fentanyl in it, heroin, other pills like Percocets, mm-hmm. Oxycontin. So it's out there. Mm-hmm. Not just in the stuff like the like the heroin, mm-hmm. but it's in the pills, it's in the weed, and it, it can be fatal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have to be like very cautious out there. And that is why I, I want to emphasize that if you know somebody doing this i know it may be a hard conversation to have with your friend's mother and when i say doing this i mean any type of pills right even smoking weed um using needles you don't know what's in it right it's so it's just so important to have that first conversation and let the parents whoever it is whether it is your sister your brother your friend let them know what's going on right so, I, I want to talk for a sec about how this life of addiction, as you just talked about, you know, your sister when she was upstairs in the bathroom and she fell, mm-hmm. and how that, you know, made you feel and everything that happened. Talk a little bit about how that life of addiction of having a sister affected the family dynamic. Right. So, um, especially my mom, but my yes. mom kept her with her at all times um they worked together they drove there together my sister was on the methadone clinic at one point my mom you know my mom would drive her there take her to work they worked together um they went to the mall one time and like she lost sight of Karen and she like panicked and someone actually did meet my sister there to give her drugs yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, my mom was living her life, like, to make sure my sister was alive. Like, every step she made, she was like, where's Carrie Ann? What's she doing? All of her focus on yeah. Carrie Ann. Right. Right? All of her focus. And she had two other daughters. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I can be, compl- like, I look back now and I was self-destructive. 
I was, uh, I still got good grades, but I kind of acted out a lot. And I think I was acting out to get like, um, any attention I could yeah. get, even if it was, I'm getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I was doing that at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started like pottying a little bit like people do, but mo- more than I would. And, yep. Uh, my mom called me one time and was like, I can tell you're drunk. Like, don't do this. Look at your sister. And, like, I kind of was just like, all right, like, you got to stop, you know. But, yeah, it was kinda, I was bad. I, I, was, I acted out a lot because yeah. I was like, hello, I'm here type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm your daughter too. Like, <laughs> here I am waving your hands. Like, you know, do you care about me? Right. right. And I get, and I was young. Young, uneducated. I was angry at my sister because there were a few times where she stole from us, from me. Okay, so that's that's a great point. I'd like to dive deeper into that because I feel like it's probably one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you know, you just said a key point. Well, two two key words: stole from me and angry. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, you know, my brother, laptops, um, video games, video game systems iPods, you've got my younger brother's communion chain, my dad's wedding band ring, like his wedding band ring, and he took all this stuff and he pawned it off. And talking about younger, I can't count how many fistfights I got got into with him mm-hmm. because because maybe he called my mother a horrible name mm-hmm. or he stole from me. Mm-hmm. So angry mm-hmm. at him and was just like, "Why are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? But almost being selfish and saying, why are you doing this to us? Why are you doing this to this family? Don't you realize what you're doing to your life? Mm -hmm. Don't you realize what you're doing to your family? Mm -hmm. Like, do you know how this could end up? Mm -hmm. Right? And just being so mad at him and everything. um, And talking about that then, I almost, and I like, um, I want to get your thoughts after I kind of, you know, explain, but if I was to go back and do it again, I, it's a hard thing to think, but I don't know if I would yell at him as much. And because again, educated, just like you growing up, you know, when everything happened with my brother, I was a little older. Cause again, I was the older brother. So I was in high school. I want to say it was probably sophomore year and he was a freshman and you know, this was all happening with him. Um, and as I said, you know, always getting into fist fights and just couldn't believe what he was doing. But now I realize that wasn't his fault. Right. No, I know. You I know? get it. I totally I, get I was, it. And you probably thought, why are you doing And But I, I, I think now, and everyone has their own opinion, but my opinion is, man, it's not you. Yeah. Like, it's not you, Brendan, because you weren't thinking like the Brendan I knew growing right, up. Right, right. You didn't look like the Brendan I knew growing up. Right. Like, it's not you, man. Mm-hmm. And so if, if he was going through it now, I would probably, I'm not going to sit here in line and say I wouldn't have any anger, but I would be, I think much more gentle with it and understanding. I agree. And, 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 you know, more kind of like when he asks me for money, Mm -hmm. I know what he's going to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I would say no, Mm -hmm. but back then I didn't. Right. right, because I'm like, oh, that. oh, okay, like you want it, man, yeah, like you want to go get something to eat. That's yeah. all you want to do, yeah, dude, yeah. Here's ten bucks, yeah. And then a few days later, I'm getting a call from the we're getting a call from the hospital. He's, he's in the hospital, he OD'd. Mm-hmm. Well, 
He wants to go. No, he didn't go get something to eat, right? He used the money for that. But now, so I would still say no to that. And maybe that would be an argument, but I wouldn't look at him crossing me in the hall or in my house and say, fuck you, man. Mm -hmm. Like, like, why are you fucking, I'd be like, dude, like, you know, like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right. A little more softer, I think. Right. Um, and so I think that's important for people to know who may have somebody going through this. And you may be thinking to yourself, you're listening right now, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Excuse my language, um, but it's ripping my family apart. And, you know, it ripped my family apart. And I'm sure Heather can attest to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, w- what it's done to your family. But you getting mad, you getting worked up at what they're doing, I don't think it makes it any easier or better. I almost think it puts more stress on you. Right. Right? So I firmly believe that, you know, you have to be a little bit more understanding. There is a fine line not to where you're, as I said, giving them money and letting them do whatever they want. Um, but a little bit more softer with it in that this isn't you. Right. And this isn't how you act. Right. And how can I help? Right. I firmly believe that if you can just let them know as much as you can, how can I help? Mm -hmm. I want to see you get better. How can I help? That can possibly help them eventually wake up from this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did have my anger. Um, so why don't you talk about for a second or maybe, you know, your, I know you said anger. If you can maybe dive deeper into that, how it made you feel, right. um, how, how it affected the, cause me and my brother, best friends. And then when it happened, just ripped us apart, wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the kid, mm-hmm. like wanted nothing to do with him. That was so. me as well. Yeah. So, uh, I'll never forget. I think the anger started most when, um, my sister didn't live with us anymore. She got a new boyfriend. She met him in a program. Okay. Um, and they came over for Christmas. And I was like, this little sister, like, look what I got for Christmas. Um, it was, you know, back then we were using digital cameras. So I got this digital camera that came with the hookup to print the picture instantly. And I thought it was the best thing ever. And I'm telling her, and I'm so excited. And she's like, that's so awesome. Like, And then I was like, oh, our sister Marissa got me the, the newest iPod. I was like, I, I'm just so excited. And she's like, that's great. Uh, that week, that stuff all went missing. After I, and yeah. all I could think about was how excited I was to show her. And she was only thinking in her head, I'm stealing this. Yeah. And um, my mom has no real jewelry left. None. None. Like, none. Yeah. Um, besides her new wedding ring. But, um... So during like when she met this, I'm not blaming him, but when she met this guy, he like told her, oh, pawn shop. He introduced yep. her to the pawn shop yep. thing. So, oh, yeah. Yep. So she was like, okay. And they already had robbed his family dry. So he was like, what can we get from your family? Yep. And so she did it. And I was shocked. I never thought she would steal from my family, but like I never thought she'd do it to me. Like I was, I don't know why, yeah. but I just never thought she would. Well, and you're uh, a sister. Yeah. Right? You're blood. But I almost feel like it makes it a little easier, right, to do that. Like, all right, it's my sister. Right. You know, or it's my brother. I'll get into a fight with him. Whatever. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, just chasing that feeling. I was very angry. I, um, my mom and her best friend, they knew where she was hanging out. They went and got her. Uh, they forced her to go to the pawn shop. Yeah. To try to get it back. 
um, we got the printer back, the iPod they wouldn't give back, and they bought it back. They couldn't just get it back. They had to buy it back. But they got the printer back. They got the printer okay. back, uh, not the iPod, and my mom's jewelry was gone forever. But um, she, she was she was embarrassed. She admitted to it. She brought them to, yeah. the, you know what I mean? She was like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, she's like, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, I can't, you know, it's this is it's taken over. Like no one understood it. We're like, what do you mean? Like blah blah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But now, right now, if she said that, would you understand it? Right. Yes, right? I would now. Absolutely. It's been years of learning. Um. So then I'll never forget that night. I'm sitting on the coach lounging, and uh, my mom brings her in, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Because I'm mad. Yeah. And she didn't live with us. She brought yeah. her home to move back in. Yeah. And I was like, "You're letting her live with us after this? Like, what are you doing? Like, I was." So mad. So as she lived with us this whole time, mm-hmm. I fought with her every day. I couldn't even look at her. It was like, I was so angry. I was just like, I don't even understand this. Like, who yeah. does this? Who lets them come back? Yeah. But it's like, my mom. My mom's like, this is my child, and I don't want to lose her. Mm-hmm. It was the right thing on my mom's part. Yeah, looking back on yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I was just going to say, awesome point. If you could go back, how would you feel? Right. And, you know, you saying that, just emphasize that that was the right thing to do. Right. But our emotions, right? Our emotions, they, they, they sometimes, I feel like definitely in these situations, they get in the way. Um, I, I like to say that my brother was a stranger to me, mm-hmm. right? Because of all the stuff he was doing. You, mm-hmm. You're just thinking, oh, your sister, my brother, they're a stranger. How could they do this? Right. right? I, like, I'm your family, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, all right, so, so why don't we talk about I guess you could kind of say the end, right? So, so let's fast forward to um, the end. So, what ends up happening with Carrie Ann and her addiction? So, back when my sister was struggling, it was all insurance based, and a lot of places didn't accept our insurance. Yeah. My parents did not have the funds or the financial means to pay for her to go out of state yeah. or to private. You know, which a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's not easy. So it was frustrating. It was a lot. Like she just had to keep going through the same cycle to the same places that would accept her, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't pro- those programs weren't aimed at what she needed. Um, so she was in and out of detoxes, like I said, rehabs, programs. She would complete some. There was a t- there was a short, uh, maybe like a one two year time where she was clean. She was working with my mom. She lived with us. I was learning how to drive. She would take me out every Sunday and teach me how to drive. I'll, I'll like I hold on to that forever yeah. because that was probably like my last great memories with her. Um, now was she? Sorry to interrupt for a sec, but was she clean at all? Yeah, she was clean during all this. Okay, okay, all right. So, yeah, she was like so we spent time. Every so you're on a high right now, right? Yeah, it was a low because she's doing all this yeah. and now it's a high. You're like, all right, awesome. Like, got my sister back. Right. Right. So I was like, oh, like there's no going back. She's doing great. Like, looks like herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Not stealing anymore. Talking mm-hmm. like herself. It's yeah. like, okay, that person's gone. She like watched movies with me again, and she didn't hide in her room. And every Sunday, like she wasn't late, and we'd go out at noon, yeah. and we'd drive. And I was because I was petrified of driving, and she just was so calm, like yeah. such a calm, patient person. And it was her again. And um, she got a boyfriend. She moved out, and then. We dealt, dealt with it for more years. Like, same old thing. She did relapse. She stayed living with her boyfriend, but did the programs, meetings, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and then I um, I kind of 
gotten to a stage where she moved out. I was living my own, like, young 20s life. Mm-hmm. Actually, not even, because I was 20 when she died. So, right, my 17, 18 years, oh. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going all, like, we would check, like, text or call once in a while, but I wish that it was more often, because I lost her soon after. Yes. Um, I didn't see her one time, though, when I realized, well, I didn't know she relapsed, but she was supposed to be clean. I was working as a teacher at a daycare center. And she called me and she said, um, hey, Heather, like, can I borrow some gas money? And in my head, I'm like, is she using again? Right. That's a, and, and, and I feel like I feel like that first thought, that right there, you know it's true, but you just don't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it. You, you, you... So what happened was I gave it to her because I didn't want to believe it. I said, yeah, come meet me on my lunch break. I'll give it to you. And I remember having a pit in my stomach when I walked back into work because I was like, I know what she's really going to do with it. If I could go back, I would say, hey, pick me up and I'll go get the gas with you. Yep. Yep. But I didn't know back then. Yeah. Like, I, I, now I know all these alternatives. Yep. Back yeah. then, I didn't know how to say that. or, And it's just like... Yeah, like like you said, if you're hungry, fine, I'll go get a sub with you. <laughs> like, exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or if you need groceries, well, we'll go to the store together. But back then, I was just like, she never asked me for anything. Like, I can give her $20. Yeah. Um, and then she was clean at this time. No. I th- Well, she's supposed to be clean. Okay, okay. But no, she was using. Like, okay. She used that money, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, she lived with us. Like, he was, like, our father figure growing up. She moved in with him. Um, she was she was using it again over there. And I was angry again. Again, I was like, I can't believe it's... It, to me, disappointment was worse than, like, heartbreak. It was, like, I'm like the, dis, like the ups and the downs. Yes. Like, I'm so excited to have my sister back. And then... You could almost say the letdowns. The letdowns. Right? The disappointment. Like, the... Like, I hope she's using that. Like, I'm not sure. I got that, as you said, I got that pit in my stomach. That, and I hope it's not true. Right. I hope it isn't. I hope whatever she's using that money for, that's what she's going to use it right. for. Right, and I was like, I hope I can trust her like I used to be able yes. to. Like, yes. I, I'm going to, like, give it, the, give her this one. And, yes. And I just found out, like, later on that she was using it again. So I was like, clearly that went to that. Yeah. Um. So the next few years... She was using again, and she got into the worst trouble she's ever been in with the law. Okay. She actually spent, like, I don't know, a few days or a few weeks in Framingham State, which is, I can't even picture because my sister's so innocent, like, and, like, petite, and, like, she's in there with all of the murderers, this, that, and the other thing, and we didn't even know. Someone called us. One of her, like, someone in there with us had their family member call my mom to say she's in there and she needs money to, like, yeah, you know, commissary. So, um... Question, we had... question for you really quickly. Um, because when my brother was in the prison, too, there were some mixed feelings in the house. Like, maybe he'll learn something from this. Um, other people were like, well, no, we're gonna try to get him out of there. How did you feel when she was in there? What were your thoughts? I, like, couldn't even believe it. I actually cried. I was like, I can never picture her. And yeah. she was, like, just such a kind soul. Whereas my other sister and I, I just feel like we can hold our own in, like, yep. negative circumstances. Okay. Yeah. 
all I could picture was her like crying, yeah. like in her cell or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. she yeah. wasn't there long. She got out. Uh, she never went back. But uh, not long after, we heard that she was like sleeping in. She didn't tell us this. We heard she. <clears throat> excuse me. She was sleeping in airports, homeless. Okay. okay. But she wasn't calling us for help. Yeah. We were like hearing this after. She did live with my other sister in her apartment for a short time. That my that sister as well got mad when she found out she was using. She told her she had to leave. I think she would go back and change that as well. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. Um, fast forward. I'm at work one day. I get the call. Your sister passed away. Um, so obviously I leave work. Then I get the call. Her stuff's at a hotel. Can you pick it up? I'm like, I'll pick it up. My best friend came with me. And I go up to the desk, and I'm like, oh, my sister's stuff. I'm here to pick it up. And they were like, oh, it's upstairs. And I'm like, upstairs? I was like, what, in the hallway, like, packed? And they, no, they brought me up to her room, like a crime scene room. Like, blood everywhere. The blankets on the ground. You could almost see where she, where she was. Um, my friend went in before me, though, and was like, you shouldn't come into this. It's awful. Like, she's like, I don't want you to see it, but I pushed my way through and I went in anyway. What broke my hat the most was my sister was OCD, kind of, and she had her, all of her, like, her slippers, her sneakers, all of it lined up neatly next to the bed on the floor. All of our beauty products were, like, neatly everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, she, even though she was struggling mentally and had an addiction problem, she still managed to take care of herself and stay clean like clean as an organization skills and mm. and she, yeah i mean it was just heartbreaking because i'm like this is the caring and i know yet she's struggling and she's still that person and she uh there was a sketch we still don't know completely what happened she had a broken nose she was beaten she was left for dead but wow. because there was drugs in our system they just Said it was yeah. overdose. Yeah. Well, Heather, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough for, you know, coming on here and opening up about this. My pleasure. I, I know, you know, first-hand experience that it can be, you know, it can bring back some bad memories, you know. Um, it can be very emotional. I know that. And, and I, it's not easy to do. So, you know, I thank you. You're a very courageous woman for doing this. Thanks, Eric. You know, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, you didn't have to, right? You didn't have to. And, you know, for those viewers out there, I, I, when I got in contact with her, I want, I don't really want to have any closed doors. If I'm going to have somebody on here, I want them to open up because I want you listening who may know somebody struggling to get the most value out of this. And she said, I'm in. I'm in. That's my number one mission now, is uh, to educate. And and I want you to talk about that for a second. I want you to talk about right now your... Because Heather's doing great things. She is. Um, Pretty much, correct me if I'm wrong, but on her own, through her ambition, through her drive, she has started something in her sister's name. So I want you to talk about your scholarship that you have for a sec. Okay, yeah. So I just started... um, I've always wanted to do stuff like this, but it was just... It was, it was hard for me. I didn't want to like stress my parents out by like asking them to help me, and so it's been nine years. Well, nine years this past April, but in October around her birthday, 
Um, I started a scholarship for Woburn High School's graduates where um, I fundraised. And that's when she went to school, Woburn, Massachusetts. Yeah. Woburn High. Yeah. Okay. So because the reason I picked an academic scholarship is because of how great she was in education and academics. Uh-huh. So I know, all. one thing she always said was when she'd go to her program, she'd write in her journal, and she'd always write, my number one wish is I could get my life back and go to school and get a great career. And so I know she wasn't able to do that. What I want to do is raise the money and give it to students that need it. Um, so what they do is I pick a topic, which this year was perseverance. Great topic. Um, so I have them use personal experiences from their lives. It could be about them. It could be about friends, family, but I, um, have them talk about that, like challenging circumstances that they worked through, how they got through them. And we got 25 applicants this year. It was really hard. It was really, really hard to pick three. Um, we awarded three students, $3,000 each. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So... So Heather, that that's awesome that you know you're almost I guess you could say carrying on, Carrie Ann's you could say mission you could say right yeah dream yeah absolutely right? yeah. And, and definitely you know helping others um, with that and so I want you to talk about for a sec um, and I'm gonna post this on my website ericdadario16.com um, very powerful you could say not leather letter. It's no, an article. An article. A, pu- a published article. That, that Heather wrote. Um, I'm going to put that on my website. And I also want you to talk about, could we say it's a benefit for yeah. raising money for your, your scholarship. So I want you to talk about for a sec where that's going to be, what it's going to be, and kind of the focus for it. Okay. Yeah, so I um, wrote an article. I love to write. And honestly, I kind of just wrote it for my own, but a couple of people told me I should submit it to be published. So it was published on Love What Matters. Um, and I shared that not too long ago. Friday, I found out that it was published. So I thought it was kind of ironic that Eric and I had this meeting Sunday and I was like, okay, well, you know, we can talk about that. Perfect. Then. Hey, perfect timing. So right? I was like, so here's my, my writing yep. of it. And here's my, you know, I'm on a podcast talking about it. But, um, so I wrote an article and he's going to share that if you want to read that. That's her story and my a sibling's perspective on it. And a little deeper, right, in the detail of what we talked about today. So highly suggest, as I said, I'm going to put that on my Facebook, Eric Daddario. I'm going to see if I can put it up on my Instagram. Again, that's Eric Daddario. Um, and then I'm going to put it on, I'm going to have the... The article put up on my website at ericdadario16.com. Um, so we have a question actually from somebody, which you know we can we can definitely dive into. Um, and the question somebody sent me was, "What helped you the most after going through your loss? Supportive family and friends, giving back." Making an impact so others don't go through the same thing. Going to therapy. What was you know? How did you deal with this? So if you want to take a stab, and then I can, or yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, a few months later, I turned twenty-one, and uh, my friend and I have the same birthday, so we got like this huge twenty-first birthday party thrown for us. I feel like everyone was just so like. Uh, supportive and like surrounding me like other than like 
every weekend. Like, I was always busy. I went to school. I, I babysat all the time. I kept myself busy. So, for me, I hung out with my friends all the time I when I had free time. I went yep. to school. I had homework at night. I kept myself so busy that, unfortunately, and I don't recommend this, I grieved way later, years later. Yeah. Because when life slowed down, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like, I'm never going to see my sister again. Yeah. Like, she's not at Christmas this year. It's her birthday. This is the day she died. Yeah. This, the times I'd see her I, every year got worse and worse. Um, I did use therapy for a little while. It worked. It helps to talk to someone that, like, isn't family or friends. I talk about it, like, very openly with anyone and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been nine years, but giving back has been the best thing I could do. So, th- that's been the most helpful. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, I have to say, probably the same exact thing. I don't, and as some of you may know, some of you may not know, I go and I talk to kids. Because I see little Brendans in the crowd. And I see kids who are just like, you know, I just drink, I just smoke. Mm-hmm. And me getting up there and me talking for 40, 45 minutes, I guess you could call it giving back. Um, it, 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 it warms, I guess you could say it warms my heart. And if I'm helping somebody in the crowd, well then for them not to go down the road that my brother, your sister did, then that makes me feel awesome. Absolutely. Uh, if you can un- even hold, help one person. Exactly. Un- you know, um, I'm not going to say the high school, but I spoke at a few this year, and I played sports. I won MVPs. I won championships. Nothing. And I have to say, nothing compares to when a girl came up to me, and she said, can I talk to you for a sec? My boyfriend, I don't know what's going on, but his father died. A few years ago from a drug overdose and he's using pills what do I do mm-hmm. and she started crying and I was able to get her help and her boyfriend help and she may have just saved his life Absolutely. right so I have to say that I deal with this now I was lost at the beginning same exact thoughts I'm not gonna see him again and then I said all right enough about me how can I help mm-hmm. someone not go through this how can I help a family member get through this? Mm-hmm. How can I help families stop this? Like, if you could say stop this from happening, or kind of intervene and take the steps that may be needed, right, um, for it not to happen. So I definitely have to agree. Um, I'll second that. Giving back—that's just you know—that's that's the. I think that definitely helps me the most um, to help someone not go down that road. So Heather, I can't thank you enough for. Taking the time out of your beautiful, as we look out this front window right here, it's so sunny out. She could be out there tanning, you know, because as she said, it's probably it's supposed to rain in a little bit. So um, she probably wants to get out there and get a little tan on. But, you know, she was inside, which is nice and cool and AC in here, um, for the past 43, 44 minutes talking about this. Um, so I can't thank you enough. You're doing great things. I definitely, you know, but I don't think I've ever told you this, but definitely look up to what you're doing, you know, because you're you're on a mission and, and you're you're helping people. Um, and you know, the world needs more people like you. So again, can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your Sunday to come on here and talk to me. And 
definitely giving the people that listen to this podcast value. And hopefully somebody listening here grabs some value and they're able to be helped. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Eric. Seriously, anything you need. Well, I appreciate it. So, all right, guys. Well, that's the end of episode two. Um, join me next Sunday. Well, I'm, I'll be recording it Sunday, but it'll drop Monday as I talk to a mother who lost their son to addiction. Her name is Kate Genovese, and she actually wrote a book about her son called Hatricks from Heaven. So we're going to dive into what a, what exactly about Hatrick what exactly Hatricks for from Heaven is about. Um, and we're going to talk about her thoughts, her views, and her experience with her son's addiction. She is actually a registered nurse. Um, so until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and we'll talk to you later.